holy egg rolls, spring rolls, and wonton soup. Don't even know what that meant, but here we go. You know you're on the Harland Highway when you hear that malarkey. I'm your host, Harland Williams. How are you, gang? Welcome to the show. What a show we have today. Oh, my God. Uh, I go on a pissed-off rant about a public service that's available to all of us. I go off. I have a, a pissed-off moment today. Um, also, uh, some, uh, some uh, voicemails from the Pavement Pounders. We'll be uh, taking some calls and talking about uh, some of the issues that have come up with the Pavement Pounders. And unfortunately, also my uh, my boss, Mr. Featherstone, drops into the studio unannounced. I'm not happy about that, and he's going on about something. Who knows what he's going to throw at me, but uh, Mr. Featherstone is here. Good Lord. Also, I'm going to play some live comedy for you, some live stand-up comedy that I did uh, just recently, and uh, really funny stuff. And then also, I went into outer space by accident. Yeah, wait till you hear this. I actually drove my car into outer space. And you might think you're in outer space right now, but you're not. You're on the Harland Highway! I have an announcement to make. You are about to go down the Harland Highway. Lock the door. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. You're riding down the Harlan Highway. So, who do I have to fuck to get off this phone? I can get you off. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Ah, You're a cantaloupe. Shame, Big Daddy. That's why I'm a drunk. When I'm drunk, I can stand myself. Keep leaning on that tutor, Charlie, and you're gonna get a shot in the mouth. Act like a man! What's the matter with you? I wasn't really sure what was going on. You're listening to Harlan Williams. The rest is bullshit, and you know it. Well, let's let's start the show off with some giggles. Do you feel like giggling, or maybe not? I don't know. How about... How about some Saturday night hijinks? Are you up for that? So uh, just two nights ago, you know, when I'm when I'm at home, when I'm not traveling, when I'm in Hollywood, what do I do to relax? I go around on the weekends to all the local comedy clubs in Hollywood. You know, the world famous uh, comedy store on the Sunset Strip, the world famous improv, the world famous Laugh Factory. And if you don't know the layout here in Hollywood, that they're kind of in a triangle. There's two. There's two uh, clubs up on Sunset Boulevard, the uh, Laugh Factory and the uh, Comedy Store. They're probably about three quarters of a mile apart from each other on the Sunset Strip, right where all the clubs are and everything. And then if you went down in a pizza wedge shape, so in essence, uh, if you went down in like a triangle south to Melrose, there's the world-famous Improv Comedy Club. So what I do on the weekends, you know, uh, to have a little fun, I I'd kind of go from one club to the next. I'll do all three in a night or I'll do two 
two of the same club in a night and throw in another one. It's all mix and match, right? But I'll drive all around and I'll go to these clubs and I, you know, I, I like to work on new material. I don't necessarily like to do my my act, my seasoned and home refined act. I like to kind of play. I like to get out there and just kind of see what happens and throw caution to the wind and and so I was at the comedy store Saturday night, packed, sold out house, like huge, the big room at the comedy store. And uh, my buddy Dane Cook goes on and Dane does a great job. And then I follow Dane and I go out, but I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, I don't, I don't want to like do my act. So I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to just throw it out there. I'm going to walk out on stage and see what happens. And for some reason, this I, the first words out of my mouth were, I think I said something like I, I caught some baby bear cubs or something like that. And I didn't know where it was going. I don't know what, what, why the hell I said it. I just thought, well, let me say something, whatever, the first thing that pops into my head, and let's see where it goes. And so I didn't know if it would last for 30 seconds or three minutes or five minutes, but this whole this whole little bit stretched into about, I don't know, five or six minutes, I think. And it was just me flying by the seat of my pants, so I'm going to play it for you. And I don't know if you'll find it amusing or stupid or funny or whatever, but the crowd sure seemed to get a laugh out of it. So uh, I recorded it, and here it is. Uh, this is me just uh, two nights ago on Saturday, um, just free-forming at the world-famous comedy store on the Sunset Strip. All right, how about uh, if we can keep the clapping going just a little longer. I feel, better. I feel a lot better if I clapping last a little longer. The more you put out, the more I put out. Uh, that's what she said. Uh, uh, we got nature lovers in the crowd. Who's a nature lover? Why, why do you like nature, guy? What's your what's your kit? What's your what's your uh, what's your get up? This guy over here. What, what's your nature kit? You were just clapping, so you hate nature. Okay. Well, you can't uh, just clap and not back it up, because uh, this comic will come after you, and I'll uh, I'll come after you hard. I'll come after you real hard and deep and uh, moist. Who likes baby bear cubs? Anybody uh, a fan of baby bear cubs? Here we go. We got one. We got ma'am. If you could sit down, trying to do a show. <laughs> trying to do a baby uh, bear cub uh, exchange with uh, the man in the avatar costume. <laughs> Uh, who wants to have fun with a baby bear cub? Here's what I do. Uh, here's a guy. There we go. Oh, no. Bingo. Ma'am, if you could sit down immediately. Trying to do a show. Here's what you do, guy. And I did this uh, just yesterday. I was up in the uh, not Los Angeles National Forest. Has anybody ever been up there? You've probably been up there. you got those Ted Bundy eyes. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
So I'm here, this guy over here likes uh, baby bear cubs. I, I was up in the uh, Angeles National Forest guy, and I bagged uh, four little uh, bear cubs. You ever bag some cubs, bro? <laughs> huh? No. No, okay, you don't have to snap at me. Uh, <laughs> so I bagged uh, four baby bear cubs, and uh, what a, this was a lot of fun. Sir, if you want to sit down, trying to do a bear cub. Oh, I like some bear cubs, and we just saunter right here. Wander around like a lost Galapagos tortoise at the camera. I think you can sit down. Uh, man, if you could look away, I don't like your eyes. So uh, I bagged four baby bear cubs, guy. Uh, and here's what I did. You'd think, okay, what's a guy like uh, this guy, gonna, what's Donnie Osmond's cousin going to do with four uh, baby bear cubs, right? Oh, will I go to the LA Zoo and uh, drop them off? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, will I take them to a uh, conservatory for bears? No. Will I uh, drop them off, sir? Will I pull my Prius up to the uh, Los Angeles Institutional uh, Bear Research Denomination Survey Foundation? No. Here's what I did, guy. Uh, garlic bread Willie, they call you. Guy goes to Mary Callender's and rubs garlic bread on his hairy ball sack. This guy, right here. This guy, the bear guy. Harry Callender's garlic bread. He just like rubs his big juicy Armenian ball bag. This guy right over here. So uh, I get these uh, seven baby bear cubs. And you uh, think, what am I going to do? Go down to Santa Monica and leave them in a basket at the front door of the. Uh, the, uh, you know, Los Angeles County Supervisors uh, in Institutional Bear Research uh, Donation uh, Society? No. What I do is I pull up to the Arby's drive-thru and uh, I order a bunch of bullshit. You know, I order some of that, you know, the, that thinly shaved ass flap meat, right? You know, the, everyone thinks it's roast beef, it's ass flaps. Fucking ass fucking man. You ever been to that show, that the fucking show with the, the cadavers? Have you ever seen that, man? Have you been to the cadaver show down at the LA County Museum of Pine Crest over here? You've seen it, they strip the body. You've seen it, where's Waldo Jr.? They strip the body. They strip the human cadavers down, and they look, I swear to God, I thought it was a sushi restaurant, right? They look like fucking sushi. Have you seen them? They're standing there with a soccer ball, and there was one with a Chinese roasted dildo in his hair. And uh, so what I do is I go up to Arby's, and they got that shaved ass meat on a bun. And uh, I hand the the lady goes, "Here's your order," and I go, "No, here's your bear cub, fuck face." And not only one.
but you ever load a rifle like a pump act? You, you load the fucking bullets in? I just kept loading fucking bear cubs right in her fucking face. And one of them clawed her little Arby's microphone and it ripped her fucking ear off. And then the other one smelled blood and ate her fucking head alive. So now let's hear your bear story, fuckhead. You can close your legs and smells. So there you go. There's yours truly just goofing around. And uh, who knows? That might evolve into a, a bit that I do in my act. It might become something. That's how I work. I don't, I don't sit at a computer and write jokes. I go on stage and just throw stuff out there and... I go off the feeling and the vibe and the reaction, and, and I kind of just absorb. And then once I kind of get the feeling that people find something's funny and silly, then I start massaging it and moving the words around and adding things, and that's how I write. It's kind of fun because I never know where the hell it's going to end up. So, uh, you know, hopefully uh, you guys enjoyed that. I sure enjoyed it. It was such a fun crowd. Love talking to the crowd and just you never know where the hell it's going to go. Um, so there you go. Uh, hey, Roger, I think we had a, uh, a phone uh, message from one of the pavement pounders, didn't we? Yeah. Can we play that? Okay. Roger's going to play a phone call from one of you guys. Go ahead. Mr. Harlan Williams, thank you so much for years of entertainment. I love you, man. You're great. Uh, reason I'm calling those, I saw a YouTube clip of you on, uh, where were you at, like, Laugh Factory, or, man, you were wearing this blue flannel, your hat was backwards, and you had this beard. You looked awesome. Handsome. I'm not gay. You're a great-looking man. I don't know how you got better looking with age, but that beard is working, man. You were rocking it. I just wanted to say you look great. I mean, here in our year, we're starting to look like a bag of boiled potatoes there for a while, but that beard, man, excellent. Nothing more than that. You're great. I love everything you do. Fudgy, wudgy, everything, brother. Um, keep the beard. You look awesome. Peace. Wow. Holy smokes. That, 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 that felt nice. Thank you, pavement pounder caller guy. And I, I like, who doesn't like getting a nice compliment and, and someone saying nice things and, and appreciating what you do and telling you you're good looking. And the only thing wrong with that call is why can't it be a girl? I'm not gay. God. But none, nonetheless, I'll take it. I'll, you know, listen, that, it, 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 there's nothing wrong with another man telling another man he's handsome. And, uh, you know, I don't know how good looking you listeners are. But do you ever get tired when somebody uh, singles you out and, and says something about your looks? Now, I'm not a good-looking guy. I'm not a monster, but I'm not a model. And so compliments like that don't come along that often for me. So I'm going to take it. And I don't care if it's from a guy or a girl. And, and as you said, this, this, as he said, this guy's not gay. He just thinks I'm handsome. I'm not gay. And even if he was gay or somebody gay said I was handsome, I wouldn't care. I'm not gay, but it, I don't care what mouth or what voice says I'm handsome. If Who cares if it's an old lady? 
or an old man or a gay person or a straight person or, you know, someone hot. Someone, you know, if someone tells you you're you're handsome, you just like gloat for a bit. You wallow in it and say, okay, thank you. I'll take it from whoever. And so uh, this this wonderful caller you made me feel good, and and I don't know if that makes me shallow, but it certainly made me feel good. And and my beard, you know, I had people. I don't have my beard right now. I have a goatee right now. Most of the beard is gone, but I got mixed reaction with the beard. I had people tell me that it looked good. I had other people said it made me look old. And I think it did make me look a bit old because it has, it, uh, you know, I'm at that age where I get gray in my beard. So you, you just, anything gray makes you look old. Um, so anyhow, I just wanted to say thank you. And, and to the other part of your call about entertaining you for years, I'm so glad that I've been able to keep you entertained for years. That's exciting. You know, it, it's weird when I think about it. I've been doing this for like, 25, 30 years now. It's crazy. It feels like yesterday that I moved to Hollywood. It feels like yesterday I started doing stand-up comedy, but it's been it's been a good stretch. So you can get people like this saying, Hey, you you've been uh you've been entertaining me for years. I'm not gay. And uh, here's hoping that I can entertain you for many, 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 many more years. So enjoy. Thank you so much for the wonderful call. And uh, that was super, super cool and nice. Um, now, uh, what else? Oh, I wanted to tell you. I wanted to. You know what, Roger? I think I have a question of the day for the gang. Can we roll that? I think we have a Harland Highway question of the day. Here we go. The Harland Highway question of the day. Okay, here it is. Have you ever driven your vehicle, your car, or if you drive a pickup truck? Have you ever driven your vehicle into outer space? Long, silent pause, because you're like, what the hell is he talking about? Is he drunk? No, it happened to me recently, and I want to know if it's ever happened to you. (laughs) I was driving along the highway. It was a nice sunny day. You know, I'm on the open highway and I'm not an air conditioner guy. If I can get away with, with a nice breeze, a natural breeze blowing in my car window, that's that's what I'm all about. I like the real air, the polluted air. I don't need that 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 freon, that dirty, nasty freon getting in my lungs from the air conditioner. So I crank the windows open and I'm just speeding along, you know, seventy-five miles an hour. Cruising on down the highway, the sun's shining, there's not all that much traffic, I'm watching the scenery blow by, and all of a sudden, I must have, like, driven right into orbit, because suddenly, things are floating in front of my face, and I'll tell you what I'm talking about, some papers, some documents, a bag of chips, some uh, receipts, some napkins. Have you ever seen the, those those space movies? Or you ever watch documentaries where where the guys are out in space and they're sitting in their chairs with their spacesuits and the the pencils are floating by and then the 
and the manuals are floating by, and the the, the, the the granola bars are just hovering around their head and floating around, right? I'm not kidding. I don't know what it was. I just must have had just the right air currents coming in. My, my, my four windows were down, and I had a bunch of papers from a meeting that were in the back seat, and I had picked up a bag of Chex Trail Mix or some kind of chips at the 7-Eleven. I had uh, napkins from McDonald's. I had receipts from parking lots. <laughs> and I don't know what it was, man. But the way the air was coming in, this was cracking me up. I'm driving along, and all of a sudden, like, these objects started getting picked up by the draft, by the air coming in my windows, and it started swirling around in my car. And I'm not kidding. Like a number of items just, they must have caught that perfect crosswind where they're literally like floating in midair right in front of my steering wheel, in front of my face. Like a bag of chips was just like, for about six seconds, was just like hovering. Like just elevated and, and blowing in the air. And then, then and then a few minutes later, like a piece of paper just blowing. It was almost like that, that scene where the uh, that, that, that little midget... <laughs> <laughs> and Poltergeist. Remember, she opens Carol Ann's bedroom door, and it's just everything's floating, the books and the toys and the beach balls and the slippers. That's what it was like in my car, man. It was just like everything was floating around, and I'm like... I'm like, yeah, Houston. Uh, we've got a, uh, we've got a bag of chips. Are we, uh, are we clear to snack, Houston? Oh uh, yeah, Houston. This is uh, one small step for man. This is uh, one giant leap for uh, documents from my meeting floating in my face. Uh, paper cut across the bridge of my nose. I mean, it was just weird, and I started laughing because this stuff just like hovering and floating. And I'm thinking, you know, like I said, it's it's just gonna be the perfect blend of cross breezes coming in to get that effect because if it's not floating, then it's just swirling around. Like suddenly you've driven into another movie. Suddenly you're you're driving through the tornado in the Wizard of Oz and everything's like spinning around and floating. You're waiting for that, that old lady, the, the Wicked Witch of the West to go by on her bicycle. I'll get you and your bag of chips too, Toto. Yeah. Oh my God! So there you go. That's that's basically the Harland Highway question of the day. Because like I said, with all this stuff floating, I felt like I drove right into like zero gravity. I drove into orbit. Suddenly, I was in in Apollo 13 instead of driving down the, uh, you know, the California freeway. I'm I'm suddenly on a trajectory to the moon, and everything just like floating around. Bizarre, man. So there you go. There's the Harland Highway question of the day. Have you ever driven your car into outer space? I'm not gay. The Harland Highway question of the day. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. I'm not gay. So there you go. My trip into orbit down a California highway. Interesting stuff. Don't know if it's ever happened to you, but I'm sure that someday... Hold on. Hello? Roger, 
Why is there someone knocking on the studio door? Hello? Yeah, come in. Hello? What, sir? Yes, that's right, sir. Who were you expecting to walk through the door? Raquel Welch? No, I wasn't expecting Raquel Welch, sir, but I... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, my boss, Mr. Featherstone from the 12th floor, is it? You don't need to tell everyone who I am. Well, sir, you, 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 I was right in the middle of a podcast. A what? Uh, my podcast, sir. This is my studio. A slod pot? Not, not a slod pot, sir. A podcast. A glod, gloddy potty? Sir, it, it's called a podcast. Don't raise your voice at me, tiddlywinks. I'm not raising my voice, sir, but, we, you know, you, you, you've been in here before. I've been up to your office many times. I've been doing a podcast for nine years, and... Uh, what that? Pardon me? You said us coleslaw. I, did, I didn't say coleslaw, sir. Well, what'd you say? Sir, I'm going to slow it down. I said podcast. You go fishing, huh? No, I'm not going fishing. Well, you said cast. I'm not. Podcast. Oh, you broke your leg. Why would you think I broke my leg? Because you're talking about a cast. You got a cast on your leg? Sir, I've got a... What do you want here, Mr. Featherstone? I came to tell you that your show's not topical enough. What do you mean it's not topical enough? You're not talking about the issues that people want to hear about. They're kindergarten cop. Kindergarten cop, you heard me. Well, well, what issues are, are you talking about? Because I feel like I cover a lot of topical issues, sir. Oh, really? Yes, sir. Oh, sure. I'm, I'm sure you spread the topical issues all around. I do try to spread them around. Probably the same way you try to spread your legs at your funny little bars downtown. Sir, do not... I do not go to funny little bars downtown. Oh, really? Yes, really. Okay. Well, how about Salty's Termite Mound down at 49th and 12th? See, what is it? You heard me. Salty's Termite Mound. Salty's Termite Mound. Ah, uh, Sir... Ah, uh. sir, can you cut to the chase here? I, what is it you want me to talk about specifically? I want you to talk about the National Football League. Okay. And this whole national anthem deal. What do you mean the national anthem deal? Where all the men are going down on their knees. I'm sure you know what that's like. Sir, do not. I don't go down on my knees. Oh, really? Yes. What about downtown of your funny bars? Sir, I don't... I don't go to funny bars downtown. Oh, really? Yes, we already went through this. What about that one down at 4th and 97th? Wait, what? The oil-stained car seat. You ever been there? The oil-stained car seat. Uh-huh. Sir? Uh-huh. So... What do you, what about the football thing, sir? Before I go any further. Yes. Have you ever farted? No, I don't want to hear the have you ever farted thing. Okay? I don't fart on things. I don't know why you're obsessed with that. 
I'll just knock it off. Have you ever farted into a cookie jar? Sir, I don't fart in cookie jars. If you've never done it, you got to try it. It melts all the chocolate chips. <sighs> Sir, I don't want to melt the chocolate chips with a fart. Now, what about the football thing? I want you to get a guest on your show, a football player or someone from the NFL, and I want you to talk about this taking the knee thing that you're so good at. I'm not good at taking a knee. Uh-huh. Sir? Uh, sir, who am I supposed to get in here? I don't know. You ever heard of the NFL? Or how about the IFL? What the hell's the IFL? Idiot fucklips, and that's you. Son, I'm not idiot fucklips. I bet you are. Sir, I don't even know what that means. It means you're an idiot. You've got fuck lips. Sir, what? who am I supposed to get from the NHL? I said the NFL. What the hell's the NHL? I meant the a- NFL. What's the H? NHL. I don't know. How about kneeling homosexual lovers? Sir, kneeling starts with a K. I bet you have KY jelly. That's what, sir. Can we stay on focus here? Let me ask you this. Okay. Have you ever farted? Sir, I'm... Why are you going on and on about this? Have you ever farted into a cotton of eggs? Sir, I'm not going to answer that stupid question. Okay, well, maybe you'll answer this. Why don't you have a football player on your damn plod snot? It's a podcast, sir. And I don't, where am I going to get a football player? I don't know. Find out, because I'm getting fed up. You're spending so much time at your funny little bars downtown, and you're not putting enough time into your schnod glob. Sir, it's a podcast. Whatever it is, stop spending so much. I don't spend time at the funny little bars downtown. Oh, really? Yes. What about that one down by the railroad tracks at uh, 12th and 87th? Which one? Charlie's Pickle Jar. Charlie's Pickle Jar. See, you even knew the name. I've never heard of it in my life, sir. I bet you're down there with your funny little guy friends playing Han- Hansel and Gretel all over your legs. What, what does that even mean, ha- playing Hansel and Gretel all over my legs? You, I don't know, but you do. Sir, are we done? Ah, uh, sir? Ah. Uh, I will try to get someone from the, the NFL in here. You were about to say the NHL, weren't you? No, I wasn't. I bet you were. Sir? Ah, uh, sir? Ah. Uh, Are we done here, sir? Have you ever farted into an electric bug bug zapper? Sir, I have never farted into an electric bug zapper. It makes your asshole hairs stand up on end. Sir, can you? I've got work to do on my podcast. All right, will you get back to your schlod plot? 
And I want to I make sure you get someone in here from the NFL on one of your upcoming shows, you slacker. Fine, I will, sir. Thank you. Don't raise your voice at me, Peeling Paint Petey. Peeling Paint Petey. That's right. Are we done, sir? I'm done, but you'll probably have a long way to go tonight down at the uh, Willie's Garlic Bread uh, Post or whatever the hell it's called. Willie's Garlic Bread Post, huh? Ah. Uh. <sighs> Goodbye, sir. Ah. Uh. Thank you. Goodbye. I will work on the NFL thing. I bet you will. Get up. Goodbye, sir. God. What is wrong with that guy, Roger? Why don't you warn me when he's coming down here? What a pain. Holy crap, gee. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Have a really nice day today, folks. You deserve it. Don't piss me off. This is Harlan Williams. And you're really pissing me off. Oh, you're starting to piss me off, you little pigless son of a bitch. You pissed me off. Shut up. You're pissing me off. These fucking assholes. This fuck. These fucking assholes. The fuck is their problem, man? All right. Here we go. A little, little fired up here, gang. Little PO'd. Here it is. Uh, okay. First of all, some accolades. Uh, way to go, Uber and Lyft and all the uh, app car services, okay? Very inventive, uh, very creative, very necessary. It's a great service. It's a good service, but here's the downside that's pissing me off. Okay, so where I live, up in the uh, Holly Weird Hills, which is kind of a windy, wiggly narrow road. I mean, it's, it's not like driving up and down flat surface streets. Okay. It's, uh, it, it's precarious. It's, it's tight. There's two way streets that only fit one car and you have to improvise. And when you meet another car on the road, you have to back up or pull into a little nook or pull into someone's driveway. It's, it's complicated. And uh, since the uh, the advent of Uber and Lyft and the other car services, it is it is getting cray cray. Okay, so in the old days, you know, I've I've lived at my place for many years, and in the old days, you know, over years, maybe ten years or more, I can probably attest to seeing maybe. 10 taxi cabs in 10 years. That's one a year. Like you never saw taxi cabs coming up and down our streets. Okay, not just my street, but all the surrounding streets, all the all the main streets up to the smaller streets, et cetera, et cetera. And now with Uber and Lyft, you know, they put the stickers in the window and the little, little glowing pink sign for Lyft. And, and so now... Now that people can get a cheap ride, you know, go all the way across the country on $8. 
everybody's using these services. Everyone's lifting, everyone's Ubering, everybody, you know. And what's happened is it it's it's added tons of uh, traffic on the surface streets. Cars that used to be idle sitting at home in people's garages in the driveway by the curbside. Well, rightly so, people have realized they can activate their dormant vehicles and make some income. It's a good deal and it's good for the consumer because they're getting a cheap ride. But the downside of the influx of all these cheap cheap rides is that all those cars that were sitting dormant and not getting in the way and using up street space and, and causing congestion are now in with the flow of the traffic, okay? And that's okay, but a lot of these Uber drivers are not necessarily great drivers. You know, these are people that were obviously sitting at home or don't have jobs or have time on their hands. So they're out to make a little more income, but I don't know if they took a taxi driver like driving course or they, I don't know how good their driving skills are. And here's where I'm fired up because based on my observations and there's ethnic drivers, there's white drivers, there's African-American drivers, there's all walk of drivers. Every race and color and creed, who knows what. But I'm starting to notice a pattern that a lot of these Uber drivers are not the most skilled drivers on the planet. And so my my pissed off problem is twofold. A, my streets where I, I saw, I used to see one taxi cab every year maybe if I was lucky I now see three or four or five Uber or Lyft guys every day on my streets. So if we translated that and that those were cabs, if those were taxis, I'd see four or five taxis on my street a day, whereas I used to see one a year. And those are just the ones I'm seeing. So now we got more cars in the neighborhood on these tight streets that are hard to maneuver, hard to manipulate. And they're clogging things up. And worse, I've noticed they're not great drivers. And I've been in some Ubers. I've used the services. A lot of the drivers I've had have not been great drivers. A lot of them are timid. A lot of them kind of poke around. A lot of them, most of the time, aren't sure what they're doing. A lot of them, on most occasions, are staring into their phones and driving at the same time because they're trying to figure out where to go. And so then you get the Uber and Lyft drivers that aren't even in your neighborhood to pick someone up. They're there because they're lost and they're turning around and they're pulling to the side and they, they're blocking the road and they're, they're puttering along and they're driving slower than everyone else because they're looking at their, their, their GPS, trying to figure out where the house is or where to make the turn. And for a little while, I was like, okay, I guess, I guess I can handle it. But now it's becoming almost a daily thing where it's like Uber block and Lyft block. And then a lot of them now are starting to hang out in the neighborhood because you know what happens like any taxi, 
they get a call. They don't when they drop off their fare, they don't necessarily have another fare lined up. So what do they do? They go and they sit at a designated taxi waiting port, right? But not the Uber drivers. They're just waiting for the next ding on their phone. So they'll kind of sit and wait wherever they dropped off their last fare. So now they're like parked on the in the in the intersection. Now they're parked. Uh, in the middle of the road, they've got their hazards on. They're waiting at the side. They're they're blocking. They're they're parked the wrong way. They're driving around aimlessly. So it's becoming an issue. And as I said, up in the hills, it's even it's even more noticeable because traffic is tight and it's windy and. And, you know, a lot of these drivers get, you know, they, they act like they're driving up Mount Everest. Like some drivers are literally afraid to go up a small little hill. Even in dry weather with no rain, they're just like, I've, I've, had, I've had an Uber driver because I'm in the hills. I had a guy stop at the, of, a, of a road that people go up all day long. And he goes, oh, I, I can't go up there. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, I, I can't drive up that. And I go, dude, I'm paying for the ride. Drive up. He goes, no, I, I can't go up that. And I'm like, what the hell planet are you from, dude? What do you mean you can't go up? It's a road. It's a paved road that people drive up into. There's houses that people live up there. We go up there. No, no, I can't go. I actually got started yelling at the guy. And it, it takes a lot for me to yell, believe me. But I'm like, what is wrong with you? And so I see this kind of hesitation and this apprehension and this 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 uh, this lack of awareness that there's other traffic around. A lot of these Uber and Lyft drivers are all caught up in their own little universe and looking into their phones and don't have driving skills and are slow and and they're not they're not uh, aggressive drivers. They're they're apprehensive and they're oh, it's just it's just like really starting to get to me, man. And I'm getting to the point where I, a lot of times I'll be behind someone who's a poke or they're slow or they're they're just like a bad driver and I'll pull up uh, in front of them and I'll look in my rear view mirror and I'll be like, sure enough, there's the big Uber sticker right in the window. Ugh. I don't know if you guys are experiencing this, but I sure am, man. So check it out. Let me know, and let me know if you're as pissed off about it as I am. These guys got to get their act together, man. Ay ay ay. So, in conclusion, good idea, great service. Drivers need to step it up a notch, have more awareness, be more aggressive, and not be like uh, driving like zombies, okay? Bing, bam, boom. There, I got it out of my system. Thank you. Hey, Harlan, this is Cartoonist Jack again. I was just responding to your question to me to name something that wasn't so obvious that was difficult in high school. I came up with the first idea because I wanted it to be funny for something for the pavement pounders to have a chuckle at and everything. But if you want something deeper, um, I will say this. So I have autism, and naturally I was a special ed kid in high school. And uh, the thing that was tough about it is I was at the point in my life where I knew the things I wanted to do. Like, I knew I wanted more friends. I wanted to go to parties. I wanted to date all this stuff. 
but the fact that I was a special ed kid and the fact that I just lacked the social skills to participate in high school really held me back from doing that. Like, I would always come on too strong to people or I would, you know, I would do things that would just uh, make people uncomfortable. And I used to get really mad about that. I, I certainly don't anymore. It's like I completely understand that everybody's going through a different journey in school and they're going to react differently to it. But at the time, it was really, it, it put a lot of emotion in me where I was just, I just felt like life was just so unfair at that time. And I, I wish I could have went back and told myself everything I needed to know in order to make myself more likable and everything. I don't want it to be a soft story. You know, I'm doing fine now. Obviously, I just got married and, you know, I got a, got a good career. I can't complain. But yeah, if you wanted a little bit more of an insightful answer, I guess I can relate to that guy on the roof that you were talking about. All right. Have a good one. Um, and uh, I'll hope to see one of your shows soon. Bye-bye. Cartoonist Jack. There it is. Uh, a little more of an intimate answer. Appreciated. Maybe not the easiest thing to talk about. Telling people that you have autism and and uh, the difficulties that might go with it. So uh, courageous uh, vo voicemail, and uh, it sounds like uh, all the things that you had to deal with uh, in school, you kind of sailed through and overcame, and you're doing great. You're married. You're a great artist. You're doing all these great things. So that's life, right? That that's kind of uh, that's kind of interesting. What you said there about uh, if. If you could have gone back and told yourself everything you needed to know. I, I wish I could have went back and told myself everything I needed to know. Don't we all? Don't we all wish we could go back and have told our younger selves everything we needed to know? But at the same time, no. I, I, don't, think, I don't think that would be good because if you knew everything you needed to know when you were starting out, what would the fun be? You know, they say the, 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 the fun is in the journey, right? So if you knew everything you needed to know just popping out of the womb, it'd be life would probably be boring. And, and the ups and downs of life, the difficult times and the great times and the ones in between are what make it interesting and passionate and engaging and all those wonderful things. I mean, let's face it, we probably all had times when we wanted to jump off a bridge, too. And you're like, God, why didn't I know this? Or why did this have to happen to me? Or why was I born like this? Or why can't I be different? But that's part of the molding of, of each human personality, each human being. You know, you slowly chisel away or you add on to the, the mold of your life. And you become the person that you are. You evolve and you grow or you lose things or you gain things. It's, it's, it's a journey. And, uh, and kudos to Jack because it, it's never easy when you come out of the gate and you feel like you have a disadvantage. When you're, uh, when you're a kid that stands out, especially in school, in high school, when you're around kids who don't have any filters and, and they're always... You know, it's like nature. They're looking for the weaker ones. You know, the 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 uh, the tough ones or the uh, the, the uh, stronger ones are always looking to to pick on the weak ones. That's that's nature's way, man. Look at look at lion prides. Look at hyena prides. Look at 
Look at birds in their nests. Look at fish. Look at every everything in nature. You know, the if any weakness is detected, I think we're genetically programmed to kind of attack it because uh, you know it, it's just it's just the competitive nature that's born into most living things. And high school and and you know any type of school can be a cruel learning ground, a cruel place because kids don't necessarily have the nuance to be sensitive or discern about between what is what is good and what is hurtful and what is cruel and what is nice. I mean, we all have a sense of it even at a young age, but I think it's easier for young kids to just get carried away because they don't necessarily understand the ramifications and the the damage teasing or bullying can cause. And so so for Jack here to go go through school in a special needs or special kids class, I mean, that that's tough. That's a, that's a hard pill to swallow. You got a bit of a target on your back. And uh, I can only imagine that that it makes you stronger inside. It makes you a stronger person because you've had to learn how to cope. You've l- had to learn how to put up the shield and deflect the the incoming uh, the incoming bombs and bullets that are coming at you. And it probably wasn't fun during the time, but at the same time, it probably helped you build your skeleton and your exoskeleton and and uh, helped you build up a resistance and understand human nature and have a better comprehension of, of people's words and intentions and actions. And then when you're out in society, you can probably, I wouldn't be surprised if Cartoon Jack can pick up uh, easier on, on people and their motives and their agendas a lot quicker than the rest of us because... You know, when, you, when you've been a kid that's picked on or singled out, you're very sensitive to all that stuff. And I think all of us, you know, Cartoon Jack might have had it worse because of being in the special kids class. But I can't say I went through school unscathed without having a target. You know, there were times when I got picked on and it was, it was my turn to be in the chamber where the kids were like, look at that guy, you know. And part of the journey is you got to you got to maneuver through that. You got to you got to stop and address it and go, "Okay, these kids are picking on me. Why? Why are they picking on me? Okay, I figured out why. Now what am I going to do about it? How do I go about changing it? What do I have to do to counteract what they're doing? You know, there's there's so many variables at play psychologically and physically and everything. And, and, you know, these are all the buttons we need to push within ourselves and on other people. We have to push our own buttons, but you also have to figure out how to push other people's buttons to make them back off or make them have compassion or make them uh, change their, their ways or their tactics. It's a, it's a real dance, man. It's a real game, and that's the journey of life. And so uh, our thanks to Jack for sharing that insight because, you know, on the other question of the day, we, we, he had asked, you know, what was, what was the worst part of school? And we kind of scraped the surface with, you know, the, the typical stuff. And I said, hey, come on, man. That, that stuff's not that bad. What else you got? What do you got that, that really affected you? And I, I, I said uh, in, in a recent podcast, my thing was like socializing and and being shy around girls and that kind of stuff, you know, the deeper stuff. 
And uh, so uh, thank you for sharing your uh, your story with us, Jack, that you definitely went uh, deep on that one, and uh, it was a good uh, arena for conversation. So if any of you other pavement pounders have stories about uh, your, your uh, school days where you, uh, you had uh, something that was tough to deal with or had trouble managing or whatever, We'd love to hear from you, too, and, and I'll sit here and analyze the way that I have, you know. Um, not so much analyze, but ob- observations on on all that stuff. And it's nothing new. I'm not telling you anything you guys don't already know. I mean, good Lord, we've all been through it. I remember, I'll, I'll, share, I'll share a little story. When I first went to public school, um, so I went, to, I went through a program called the Montessori System. When I was young, from grade one to grade four, or from kindergarten to grade four, and Maria Montessori was an Italian uh, educational uh, person, woman, who you know kind of came up with a theory that the uh, the human brain has its highest capacity for absorption when when you're an infant, you know, between the kindergarten years up to grade four or five. And so she created a form of education called the Montessori system, and it's a it's a uh, it's a form of education where, when we went to school, we were we were learning math and geography and history and everything like right out of the gate. There was no like, okay, kids, let's do finger painting, let's ride the bicycles down the hall. I mean, man, I was I was reading like fluently by the time I, I by you know I don't know how young I remember I I was reading like fluently as a little kid I I knew the name of every state in the United States I knew every province in Canada when I was just a little toddler man I mean if you have kids I I highly recommend putting them into the Montessori school system it does exist in the states here and in Canada where. I I went and um, I think it's all over the world if you're willing to go look for it. But it's it's a very uh, very uh, good system in my opinion. And so I remember when I went, I left from Montessori because they only went to grade four. I leapt into the public school system to a school that was right up our street. I could walk to school in like you know four minutes. And I remember getting into public school, and it was just a different vibe. It was a different, you know, the kids seemed a little more aggressive, and and I was a little nervous because, you know, all these other kids had come up in the public school from kindergarten on up, and now here was this, who's the new kid in grade five? And it was me. And I was still a little scrawny kid. I was short. I was, And I remember there was a couple of girls, of all people, that zoned in on me. I remember. I think this girl's name was Karen Salmon. Her last name was Salmon. And this other girl, I think her name was Kate. I can't remember. A little blonde girl and a little brunette girl. And I was kind of nervous. And I think I think kids can pick up on when, when someone's nervous and, and you know, kind of new. And like I said earlier, they have a target on their back. And I, I remember we had this place called the Mud Room. And it's when you came into school, it's where all the kids went in and took their boots off and hung their coats before they went into the classrooms. And I remember every time I went into the mudroom, these two girls, one of them, Karen Salmon, would wind up 
and like like a football punter, she would wind up and kick me right in the ass. And it didn't hurt that much. It hurt a little bit, but it was more the shock of it. It was like, wow, I'm actually being physically assaulted by a girl. And I'm like, what do I do? And I have four sisters, and they'd never treated me like that. And and so I just kind of pretend it didn't happen. And I think that incentivized them to keep doing kept kept her to keep doing it. So uh, over the course of the next like kind of month or two, I kept getting these like giant boots in the ass, and I was I was like too scared to do anything. And I can't remember, but one day I think I confronted her, or either she just got tired of it. But I was very confused because, A, it was a girl. I didn't know how to retaliate. I wasn't used to being, you know, picked on by a girl. And uh, I can't remember if it's it's if it was I said something to her, I did something to her, or I just started to open up and people started to know me better and learn my personality. And I think maybe with, with her it, it kind of turned into... She kind of looked at me one day and went, you know what? This kid's kind of cool. I like this kid. So I think I won her over just by being me, little old me. But this other girl, Karen, I think was her name, she got, she took it inside the classroom and she would stab me with her pencil. Yeah, those pencils are pointy and hello. Does anyone know the term lead poisoning? Hello. Boink, boink, boink. And same thing, it was a girl attacking me. I don't know why, why the girls were all mad at me, man. But let's, you know, girls can be just as violent and, and mean-spirited as, as dudes. Don't kid yourself, man. And so she was, she was like stabbing me with this pencil. And again, I was kind of numb. I was like, what the hell is happening? What did I do? I've never even talked to this girl. And so one day I kind of hit the wall and I just went, you know what? Fuck this. And I turned around and I stabbed her right back. And her face just lit up like she was in shock. She was like, what the? And I think she saw the anger in my face and she didn't like the feeling. And guess what? She never stabbed me again. And now I miss being stabbed with a pencil. If anyone's got an HB12 or a a nice hard lead pencil, I'd love to be. What am I talking about? Um, So there you go, man. These are, these are just little examples of, of the things we've all experienced. I'm sure you all have stories of being picked on or something that made you uncomfortable. And, and as I said about Cartoon Jack, when you're autistic and you're in the special kids, because, oh, my God, it probably it's, it, it gets amplified. But the point is, most of us, all of us make it through, and it helps forge us and shape us and build us. And so I'd be interested to hear if any of you pavement pounders wanted to sharing of your your early school stories where you you were picked on or abused or you felt there was a turning point where something helped shape you or moved you up to the next level because you had a, a revelation about yourself or about the world or kids or, you know, an epiphany. I find those to be very interesting stories. And I don't think I can get any any more interesting than Karen Salmon kicking me in the ass and 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 the other girl, whatever her name was, stabbing me with raw lead. So I think I'll hang it up right here. Raj, I think we're done. Let's let's do a little uh, some announcements here. Um, what do we got going on? Uh, first of all, um, hello, welcome to October. 
Holy smokers. We're in the fall now, gang. October. Lord. First day of October today. Uh, and coming up in uh, well, if you're around, if you're around this weekend, um, and you're in California, I'm going to be doing the the Foo Fighters put together a big music festival in California called Cal Jam, Cal Jam 18, and it's like Billy Idol and the Foo Fighters and all these bands. It's a two day music, two or three day music festival just outside of L.A. You can go online and look up Cal Jam 18. And I'm hoping I meet one of my childhood idols, Billy Idol. He's performing the same night I am, and I've just, I've been just, I've loved this guy since ever since I saw him. It's just something so cool about Billy Idol. So I'm hoping I can meet him. Anyways, this thing's called Cal Jam, and I'm gonna be there Friday night, October 5th. They're setting up a comedy tent, and so it's me and Jamie Kennedy. Remember Jamie Kennedy from the. Uh, the Jamie Kennedy X-Files or whatever, and he was in all the Scream movies. And and so Jamie and I are going to be doing uh, some shows out at the uh, Cal Jam this weekend, October 5th. Look for the Comedy Tent. It starts uh, in the early evening. You can go online and get all the details. And then later in October, I'll be in Spokane, Washington at the Spokane Comedy Club. That's October 18, 19, and 20, Spokane, Washington. And then on the 18th, as well as being in Spokane, the season two premiere of Puppy Dog Pals. Finally, season two is going... (coughs) Oh, my God, I'm choking up. I'm so excited. Season two of Puppy Dog Pals is uh, launching on the 18th. So get your kids in front of the telly, eh? Sit them down and let them watch the Puppy Dog Pals, eh? Uh, Then in November, I will be in Tacoma, Washington. Tacoma, Washington at the Tacoma Comedy Club. Again, up in Washington. What's going on in Washington, man? And then uh, November 15 through uh, 18, I'll be in Irvine, California, Orange County at the Improv. Beautiful club, like 600-seater. Going to be a good time down at the Improv in Irvine. So that's it for my comedy gigs at the moment. If you want to go to harlowwilliams.com and check those out, you can pre-order your tickets. Um, and we love to see you there. Also, uh, don't forget to, uh, if you want to buy some Puppy Dog Pals uh, paraphernalia, they've got all these toys out at shopdisney.com or jcpenny.com or walmart or target.com i mean they have so many cool puppy dog pals toys out and if you have kids oh my god they've got puppy dog pals halloween costumes out now can you believe this and if you want a lot of this information on puppy dog pals i have a twitter page called at puppy pals bob if you want to go and join that twitter page at puppy pals bob and uh, I tweet on there a lot and, and give information and updates on the Puppy Dog Pals. So uh, check it out. Also, make sure you check out our store at harlemwilliams.com. We have all kinds of fun merchandise we can mail out to you. Um, you can order that right online there. And uh, we also have our um, Harland Highway app you can download for free in the App Store. Please get your hands on that. And if you want to get all the episodes of the Harlan Highway, all almost a thousand, 
This is episode 962. We are getting close. Um, you can do that by becoming a premium member. Yes, a premium member. You can listen to every single episode we've ever done. It's only $20 a year. And uh, you also get a uh, little uh, special uh, premium member you know, announcements and stuff from me from time to time when I have time for them. There's not a million of them, but every now and then I, I drop a few in there. Um, and what else? I think that's it, man. Um, thanks for everyone for making Puppy Dog Pals Season 1 so successful. I'm glad everyone's enjoying it and looking forward to Season 2. Have fun with you and your family when you're watching it. And uh, I'll keep you posted on some other cool animation projects that I have in the works. Uh, there's some cool stuff coming up and possibly maybe even an animated show for the adults. Ooh, yeah, that's a little teaser. That's something I'm, I'm working on right now. So hopefully uh, in the near future, I can give you more information on that. Okay, so there you go, gang. Thanks for being here. Uh, keep it real in the deal. Uh, keep on the straight and narrow. And until next time, chicken chow mein, baby. I'm not gay. And you're not putting enough time into your snod glob. <laughs>